Wordplay, Theater for the Ear and the Imagination, presents The Onion and Other Tales, told by three great Russian writers. The stories are The Onion from the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky, The Little Demon and the Crust of Bread by Leo Tolstoy, and On the Day of the Crucifixion by Leonid Andreev. The actors in our performance of these stories are Kate Joseph, Michael Joseph, Danny Kaplan, and Kevin Sullivan. Father Matthew Powell dramatized the stories and directed the production. The Onion is a short tale related in the novel The Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. In the book, it is the character Grushenka Svetlov who relates this fable of justice and mercy. The story teaches us that if you wish to receive mercy, you must show mercy. In a letter to his publisher, Dostoevsky stated that he heard the tale from a Russian peasant woman. Once upon a time, there lived a woman who was as selfish as could be. Although she was very rich, she never shared what she had with anyone. When she died, it was as if she had not left one good deed behind. Consequently, the devil came to fetch her and threw her into a pit of fire. However, her faithful guardian angel would not give up on her. What good deed of hers can I remember in order to tell God so that she might be saved? I must think of something quickly. Try as he could, the angel could not remember a single good deed she had done. But finally, he thought, I do remember one good deed. And so the guardian angel approached the throne of God. Lord God Almighty, this woman did do one good deed. She once pulled up an onion from her garden and threw it to a beggar. God thought for a moment and asked, One dirty onion? Is that all? I'm afraid it is, Lord. Well, at least it's something. Then from nowhere, God produced an onion. Here's that very same onion. Take it and hold it down to her in the pit and let her grab onto it. If you can pull her up out of the flames with it, I will allow her into heaven. Oh, thank you, Lord. The excited angel took the onion, raced to the burning pit, and held the onion by the stalk down to the woman and yelled to her, Here, grab onto this onion and I'll pull you out. It's about time somebody came to get me. What took you so long? I don't belong down here with this rabble. The suffering woman grabbed hold of the other end of the onion, and the angel began pulling her up carefully. He had almost dragged her out when the other sinners in the pit saw that she was being rescued. Desperately, they grabbed onto the woman's legs so that they too might be pulled up with her. But the woman, who was as selfish as ever, began to kick them furiously. Let go of me! Let go of me, you scum! It is I who is being pulled out, not you! It's my onion, not yours! I earned it by my good deed! 
Get your own onion, you swine! You can all burn in the flames for all I care! And so the other sinners were kicked back into the fire, and the woman alone was left hanging on to the onion. Now, without all those wretches weighing me down, I will be saved. As soon as she had said this, the onion snapped and broke in two. The woman tumbled back into the pit of fire with half of the onion in her hand. In The Little Demon and the Crust of Bread, Leo Tolstoy shows us one of the best ways to lead a man into sin. A poor peasant set out one morning to plow, taking with him for his breakfast a crust of bread. He wrapped the bread in his coat, put it under a bush, and set to work. When he was hungry, he went to get his breakfast. He lifted his coat. The bread is gone. He looked and looked, turned the coat over, shook it out. The bread is gone. I cannot make this out at all. I saw no one, but all the same someone has been here and has taken my bread. It was a little demon who had stolen the bread and was, at that moment, sitting behind the bush, waiting to hear the peasant swear and call on the devil. The peasant was sorry to lose his breakfast. But it can't be helped. After all, I won't die of hunger. No doubt whoever took the bread needed it more than I. May it do him good. And he went to the well, had a drink of water, and began plowing again. The little demon was crestfallen at not having made the peasant sin. Damn! Now I must go report my failure to the devil, my master. He went to the devil and said, I took the peasant's bread, but instead of cursing, he said, May it do him good. The devil replied, If the man got the better of you, it was your own fault. You don't understand your business. If the peasants take to that sort of thing, it will be all up with us. Go back at once and put things right. If in three years you don't get the better of that peasant, I'll have you dunked in holy water. The little demon was frightened. He scampered back to earth, thinking how he could redeem his fault. He thought and thought. Ah, I have hit upon a good plan. I will turn myself into a laboring man and go into service with the peasant. And so he did. The first year he advised the peasant, Sow corn in a marshy place. The peasant took his advice and sowed in the marsh. The year turned out to be a very dry one, and the crops of the other farmers were all scorched by the sun. But the peasant's corn grew thick and tall. Not only have I enough grain to last me for the whole year, but I have much left over besides. The next year, the little demon advised the peasant, So on the hill. And it turned out a wet summer. Other people's corn was beaten down and rotted by the rain, but the peasant's crop up on the hill was a fine one. I have more grain left over than before, so much that I don't know what to do with the excess. 
Then the little demon showed the peasant what to do with the excess. He taught him how he could mash the grain and distill liquor from it. And the peasant made strong drink and began to drink it himself and give it to his friends. So the little demon went to the devil and boasted, I have made up for my failure. I will come and see for myself. The devil came to the peasant's house and saw that the peasant had invited his well-to-do neighbors and was treating them to drink. His wife was offering the drink to the guests, and as she handed it round, she stumbled and spilled a glassful. The peasant was angry. What do you mean, stupid? Do you think it's ditch water, you poor excuse for a wife, that you must go pouring good stuff like that over the floor? The little demon nudged the devil. See? That's the man who did not grudge his last crust of bread. Just then, a poor peasant returning from work came in uninvited. Tired with his day's work, he asked for a drink. But the host, instead of offering him any, only said, I can't give drink to every loafer who comes along. This pleased the devil. But the little demon chuckled and said, (laughs) Wait for what's coming. Let them have another glass and they will behave like wolves. The peasants had another glass, and their talk became wilder and rougher. They began to abuse and snarl at one another. Soon, they took to fighting and punched one another's noses. And the host joined in the fight, and he too got beaten. This is first rate. Wait a bit. The best is yet to come. Wait till they have another glass. They will be like swine. The peasants had another glass. They swayed and fell and muttered and shouted, not knowing why. Then the party began to break up. All staggered down the street. The host went out, fell into a puddle, smeared himself from top to toe with mud, and lay there grunting like a pig. Well, you have hit on a first-rate drink and have quite made up for your blunder. But now tell me how this wonderful drink is made. Tell me the recipe. You must have put in animal blood. No, that was not the way I did it. It is not the drink. All I did was to see that the peasant had more corn than he needed. When a man has only enough for his needs, it is difficult to tempt him. While that is the case, the peasant did not grudge his last crust of bread. But when he has more than he needs, it is much easier to tempt him. He will look for ways of getting pleasure out of his excess. So here, the peasant began to turn God's good gifts into spirits. Master, to more easily tempt a man to sin, just make sure that he has more than he needs. In On the Day of the Crucifixion, Leonid Andreev demonstrates that we often think our pain is greater than anyone else's. And because of our pain, we ignore the pain of those around us. (music) 
On that terrible day, when the universal injustice was committed and Jesus Christ was crucified on Golgotha among robbers, on that day, from early morning, Bentovit, a tradesman of Jerusalem, suffered from an unendurable toothache. His toothache had commenced on the day before. That night he slept very badly, and when Bentovit awoke, his teeth were aching, aching openly and maliciously, causing him an acute, drilling pain. My entire mouth and head are filled with terrible sensations of pain, as though I had been forced to chew thousands of sharp, red-hot nails. His face became wrinkled and turned pale from his sufferings. Thus, swaying back and forth and groaning for pain, he met the first rays of the sun, which was destined to see Golgotha and the three crosses, and grow dim from horror and sorrow. When his wife awoke, he said many unpleasant things to her and complained. You have left me alone like a jackal to groan and writhe in pain. And listen to that large crowd gathering in the street. What a din. It makes my pain worse. Look, they are leading three criminals up to Golgotha to be crucified. Come look out the window. Perhaps that will divert you. Let me alone. Don't you see how I am suffering? Bending his head on one side, closing one eye, and supporting his cheek with his hand, and he looked down the street. On the narrow street going uphill, an enormous crowd was moving forward in disorder, covered with dust and shouting. In the middle of the crowd walked the three criminals, bending down under the weight of the crosses. And over them, the scourges of Roman soldiers were wriggling about like black snakes. Oh, they are whipping them. That's nothing. It feels like a thousand men are whipping my gums. One of the men, he of the long light hair, in a torn blood-stained robe, stumbled over a stone which was thrown under his feet, and he fell. The shouting grew louder, and the crowd closed in about the man on the ground. Bentovit suddenly shuddered for pain. I feel as though someone has pierced the red-hot needle into my tooth and turned it. Oh, how they are shouting, the pain, the pain. They say that Jesus restored sight to the blind. Then he should have cured my toothache. What dust they have kicked up like a herd of cattle. They should all be driven away with clubs. Sarah rubbed clove oil onto her husband's gums and placed cold cloths on his jaw, and he succeeded in falling asleep for a while. When he awoke, his toothache had passed almost entirely, only a little inflammation in the right jaw. Then Samuel, a neighbor of Bentovitz, came in. So Sarah said, It is a pleasant day. Let us three walk up to Golgotha to see the crucified criminals. On the way, Bentovit told Samuel in detail how he awoke with a terrible toothache. My jaw was swollen out to here. You cannot imagine how intense the pain was. To illustrate it, he made a martyr's face, closing his eyes and groaning. (sighs) When Samuel nodded his head and compassionately, he said, 
Oh, how painful it must have been, you poor man. Bentovit was pleased with Samuel's attitude, and he repeated the story to him. Thus absorbed in a lively conversation, they reached Golgotha. The crosses stood out darkly but vaguely against this background, and at the foot of the middle cross, white kneeling figures were seen distinctly. The crowd had long dispersed, and after a glance at the crucified men, Bentovit took Samuel by the arm and carefully turned him in the direction toward his house. He felt that he was particularly eloquent just then, and he was eager to finish the story of his toothache. I don't think anyone ever experienced pain like that. Thus they walked, and Bentovit made a martyr's face while Samuel nodded compassionately and uttered exclamations from time to time. Oh, you poor, poor man! How much you must have suffered! And from the deep, narrow valleys, out of the distant burning plains, rose the black night. It seems as though it wished to hide from the view of heaven the great crime of the earth. <laughs>